Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, you road to growth listeners. Today I have Stuart Leo. Leo, right? Stuart Leo? That's correct. That's it. That's right. Oh my goodness. I, I... I usually look at the names beforehand, the last name, but I, uh, for some reason I didn't do it. See, it's Stuart and then Leo. Leo can be a first name too. Um, I'm a man of two first names and two last names. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the old trend of um, when you're really super successful, you just one name, Madonna um, yeah. or something like that. You know, hey, I'm just two first names. I'm just, <laughs> just upping the ante in the name states. <laughs> How often do people call you just Leo by your uh, as a first name? Every day, and that's okay because in Australia, which you can clearly hear my Australian accent, um, uh, in Australia, that's that's all we do. You know, we, we ditch first names, and if you if your last names say McDonald, then you're McDonald or Macca. You know, it's a it's just a, a, a cultural thing here in Australia. So I'm, I'm yeah, cool I mean, I get uh, so my last name is Enriquez, and some people just call me Enrique using it as a first name, and I never correct them. And I don't know if it's the right way of correct, not correcting them or I should be correcting them, but I guess I'll take your advice and just leave it alone and not say anything about it. <laughs> hey, welcome to the club. Yeah, <laughs> so um, it, it's good. Well, it's good to meet you. And hey, thanks for having me on the show. No, I appreciate you. And so you're a man of many hats, consultant, entrepreneur. Uh, you started a business, uh, Wayworker. Wait, did I say it right? Wayworker? Waymaker. Waymaker. Mm. Waymaker uh, and podcast host. So a variety of different hats, uh, but thank mm. you for being here. I mean, I've had a lot of uh, coaches, consultants on this platform, and usually this is where I've been asking people, okay, what separates you from uh, other coaches, other consultants? But it seems like you guys, and we're going to get to this story, had that kind of epiphany to figure out what actually separates you from other coaches and consultants. <laughs> yeah, and it's a story. Platform. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. I mean, um, we, we're not a coaching or a consulting um, group anymore. Um, but we serve the coaching and the consulting community. Um, and uh, we went, we, we decided to go and blow up a perfectly good coaching and consulting business uh, and, um, uh, and, and go and build a software product. And that was a massive mindset shift. And, um, and it came, well, we'll get to the story later, but it, it, it was spurred by a series of events that forced us to, to stand up and go, hang on a minute, who are we? And, and what difference do we want to make in the world and how best can we do that? And, and so as we started to wrestle with that, we, we realized we, um, we needed to do the classic pivot. Well, before we get to that journey, have you always kind of had a, a entrepreneur mindset, like growing up, were you the one leading the charge or who were you at a young age? <laughs> yeah, my, I always joke because my first job was um, coming home from school, um, jumping on my bike and we lived in this kind of resort town in a place called Tasmania, and um, which is as close to Antarctica as anyone would ever want to get. Um, it's it's right on the southern end of so, – so Australia's down under. This is down under, down under. And um, and so it's, uh, it's cold, it's little. You know, the whole population of this little island, Tasmania, is only about 400,000 people. Uh, which is like a suburb in a town in, or a city in America. And um, anyway, so my, my first job, I'd come home from school, jump on my bike, 
and there was a little golf course and I'd go down to that golf course and I would fish the golf balls out of the lakes and the dams and as on this golf course and I'd collect 10, 20, 30 golf balls and I worked out that I could sell those back to the golfers um, or back to the golf pro shop and um, <clears throat> and and you know what? It was a great little business. There was a market opening because it was an amateur golf course, so they were terrible at playing golf, which meant lots of golf balls went in the water. It was a average kind of course, so, hey, it wasn't that well made, so golf balls went in the water. And nobody else was dumb enough or stupid enough in the bitter cold of Tasmania in the middle of winter to go and put their board shorts on and jump into the water, this murky, muddy water. But, hey, for a... For a 10, 11, 12-year-old who wanted to buy a brand-new bike and could get 50 cents a golf ball, that was just money in in the lake and you'd, I just had to go and pick it up and that was just – that was my first job. And, you know, it was really funny. It was really successful. Um, I bought the latest, greatest, fan, fantastic bike um, and the pro shop said, hey, this, this 12-year-old and his brother are making way too much money out of our golf course. We're actually going to hire professional divers – to go in and clean out the lakes. And we're like, oh, we've got some competition now. And they, ref they, they actually, as they did that, they refused to buy our golf balls back. And um, so they cut off our sales distribution and they undercut our competitive advantage. How's that? Um, and as 12-year-olds, sorry? Were they? Were you allowed to go into their, their, their uh, water areas? <laughs> Well, let's not go there. Let's, let's maybe not. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps uh, back in the 1980s, there were no such rules like that in Tasmania. Anyway, so my dad, my dad was like, "Come on, Stu. Um, if they're not going to buy them, there's another golf course at the at the Casino Country Club across town. Uh, let's go see if they want to buy them." And they were like, "Yeah, we'll buy them. Fifty cents a ball. You just bring them in." Um, and so every couple of weeks we'd go in with a big box of balls and walk out with a hundred bucks. And you know, as a as a twelve year old, that was like um, that was like insta famous in in today's world. Um, we were cashed up kids on bikes, and it was so much fun. So that was my first job. I've always loved entrepreneurial stuff, um, and ever since then, realizing that you could go out and do something and make some money, and enjoy what you're doing and see opportunities. I think it's always been in my heart to go, hey, that's kind of cool. What are the opportunities out there? What problems can we solve? Hmm. So now you have this entrepreneur mindset. I'm guessing you're, you're in school. Mm. Did you go to university or what happened next? Yeah, actually, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I ended up um, at the end of year 12 doing the classic thing that a lot of Australians do um, where they pack a backpack and head off to Europe, um, go see the motherland, so to speak. Um, and so I ended up on a plane going from a little town called Launceston, a town of 50,000, 60,000 people, and landed in London, a town of 25 million people. And, and then I spent a year working overseas. And when I came back, I ended up at university um, studying business and commerce and marketing. Um, actually, at, at school, that was in the late 90s, um, a mate and I, we, we built a little dot-com. <clears throat> that was our first job out of university. We had no idea what we were doing. Again, you know, working on our parents' computers in the garage, kind of making something. And um, we, we that actually sustained us for about a year or two and we hit the first dot-com boom. I don't know if listeners will remember that in about 2000, 2001. And it was at that point we thought, mm, wow, we better go and get real jobs and figure out what this work is 
this work thing is really all about. So I ended up in ad agencies and from ad agencies um, into, um, into property. And I spent 10 years with one of Australia's largest real estate developers, um, developing large-scale communities and we were selling thousands of homes a year and working on product development and it was really interesting and I loved that and I, and I really needed that because that was kind of like, um, that, that was getting a corporate education. You know, how does a corporate work? How do they structure? How do they think? What's good about it? What's bad about it? And by about 2010 or 11, and it was actually the GFC that prompted it, it was like, ah, I think I'm going to wake up in 10 years um, not loving my life. And, um, and so I took that massive plunge to go and, go and do something that was in, in strategic advisory and consulting um, and, and went into that world. And, and ever since then, and to be honest, I had no idea what I was doing when I did that. Um, you know, I, I left a, a highly paid corporate gig and went down to the, to the department store and bought a MacBook, bought a domain, built a website and went, here I am, let's go. And I look back on that now and it was just insanity. Was it strictly commission-based? Um, the, the, the start of the consulting group, you know, it was just me, my wife, um, and we went out and we helped organisations understand who they were, why they were different, and how they could communicate that difference to the marketplace and align that difference with their internal teams. And that was really the beginning of the genesis of what we're doing today. And... <clears throat> When you started that company, or at least got the idea of starting the company, what mm. basically made you jump? And how long did the process take from you getting that paycheck to going, you know what, me and my wife are going to take a dive and start our own thing? Oh, wow. I reckon I thought about it for a good year or so. Um, and because at the time, you know, we were both um, – you know, by, by worldly means, pretty successful. Um, you know, we, we were both in corporate gigs earning hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, um, driving nice cars, living in a good house. Um, we just had our first child. Um, and, um, and you know, I, I did not enjoy the work I was doing. You know, it was the classic, um, um, I'm spending huge amounts of time in, cars and planes and travel and the, the type of organization I was in was a decentralized one across Australia. So I remember doing days where I'd be, do like three cities in one day. Um, and, you know, I, I remember it was actually my wife said to me, hey, this last year, it must have been 2010 or 11. She said, of the last year, you've spent 256 nights away. And, and, I, and I was like, yeah, I think the staff at a particular hotel in Sydney probably know me better than my my one-year-old does um uh and i thought oh this this isn't going to end well this there's something to miss here um and and so there was some kind there's some dissonance in life um what am i pursuing and for me I'm, i love family i i think you could you could build a billion dollar business and if you've if you're left with no family then you failed and um and so for me that was big and um so i was like okay i, I I don't know what the solution is, but I know what I'm in is not going to bring me that solution. I'm not mm -hmm. going to be able to balance family and successful life in this world. Um, others can, and that's fine. Like, great, well done, you, you've, you've mastered it. But for me, it wasn't working. And so that was actually the conversation I was having with, with my wife. Um, how do we build family, um, but also build an amazing business? That was the vision. 
Um, those two things had to be equal. If anything, family had to come first. And so because we live in a part of Australia, which um, so we're sort of a, a south of one of the, the probably third or fourth largest cities in Australia, um, very similar to maybe a, an area like California or Miami. It's a tourist town. Um, you, in order to be in a corporate world, you've got to be on a plane. You've got to, got to be traveling. This is pre-Zoom. This is, you know, pre, um, I think FaceTime was very early, but video conferencing on Skype still sucked. Um, so it was all face-to-face still. And, and so it was like, we need to make our way somehow in this local town, in this local community, or we've got to move. And we don't want to move because family is important to us. And and so that was kind of the first stake in the ground. Um, we had elder parents. We knew they were going to pass over the next five or ten years. We wanted to be around them. Uh, we just made a decision to go. We're going to we're going to we're going to stay here. We think we're meant to be here, and we're going to figure out a business that lets us be here. Um, which is a really dumb way to start a business, if I can really be honest, because <laughs> um, you're not necessarily identifying the market opportunity. You're just basically saying, "How do I make a dollar?" Where did you come up with the idea of uh, being a consultant? Well, I think the when you um, when you've gone through a corporate career, you build a lot of skills. You you um, build a lot of skills in people and leadership and structures and systems and skills. You you understand how businesses are put together, how brands are put together. Um, you have a lot of networks and relationships that are very valuable. And so um, there's a lot of um, businesses that want that. You know, most businesses fail, not because they don't have a good idea, but because they don't have the capacity to articulate that good idea and then build the skills and the systems to bring that idea to life. That's why most businesses fail. And so if, if we could help people do that, then we could help businesses do good things. And that was that was really the beginning of the journey. Okay, so you and your wife building this business. Now, I've had a lot of people on here that sometimes they have issues with their partners when they're building a business. <laughs> sometimes it goes fantastic. And then other ones where it's husband and wife. How was that original starting the business uh, with your significant other? Yeah, that's great. She's actually not in the office right now, so I'm going. No, I'm you know, I, I have uh, I have a really good view on this. Um, I, I was really fortunate. I married um, just I married up. You know, married a great woman, um, best friend, <laughs> a lot smarter than me. Um, and so when it came to working together, um, you know, that definitely brought challenges. Um, um, and, uh, and and I think you, you can't go into it thinking that, oh, this is just going to be fine because one of the biggest challenges is it's hard to switch off. And so your your life, your marriage, it becomes all about business and work and that's, that's a very destructive kind of space to be in. <clears throat> um, so we certainly encountered that. Um, I was very much the ideas person, sales, marketing, strategy, business building, she was very much the finance commerce. She's a lawyer and, a, and an accountant by background. So, um, you know, great business partner to have. Um, so we worked really well together. Um, we, we struggled to switch off. But one of the best things is um, every business goes through tough times. 
And I reckon I've witnessed so many good friends and, and other business people and they've seen marriages and families fall apart because the individual goes through that tough time on their own and <clears throat> and the, 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 the partner doesn't, the husband or the wife, doesn't kind of understand what's going on and it's hard to communicate what's going on. And, and we just said from the outset, um, <clears throat> all right, we, we, we're transparent. You know, we're, we're, we're in this together. You know everything. I know everything. When there's problems, we solve them together. Um, we're not going to hide stuff. Um, we're we're going to make sure that we can, we can enjoy the good times together and we can get through the bad times together. And I reckon that saved our marriage and saved our business because I never had to go home going, oh, man, I've got to tell my wife I've just failed. Um, <laughs> she already knew. <laughs> um, so we were sitting down going, okay, here's a problem. How do we solve it? And it completely changed the tone of that, that relationship in that context and at many times saved our business, saved our marriage. I didn't think I'd be talking about this today. <laughs> in the, <clears throat> the low moments, right, when you're working through that as and starting the business, how did you, or I mean, how did it work out for both you to keep pushing through the, the, the bad moments? Because in those bad moments, sometimes it, it may be easy. Oh, I'm going to quit the, close the door, go back to the mm -hmm. old job, go to that old work. Who was the driving force? Where was the big why of saying, hey, we have to keep pushing forward? Mm. That's, a, that's a really good question. <clears throat> and actually the first time we really faced that, um, actually we didn't really face it. It was, but we were 18 months into our, new business, our new coaching and consulting business. And, um, uh, and actually, uh, it was, it was tough. The person we'd actually had a, another um, person we were working with, um, that person to decide to go and do something else. Um, there was some, there was some, um, we had some early success in the first year and then by midway through the second year, we were really struggling. And actually, um, at that point, um, my old, work kind of picked up the phone and rang and said hey we've got this you know great gig do you want to come back and do it um and i took it um and i went back um and i'm and i was like ah. and so and i remember i visibly visibly remember at the time i've had to send out all these letters to to clients saying i'm you know i'm shutting down the consulting and they could no longer provide the service i'm going back to corporate life um and and so we did that and you know within a year um I was like, this is the worst decision I've ever made. Um, <laughs> and I remember about uh, nine or 10 months after that, I remember sitting down with my CEO and I'm like, yeah, I think you're going to kill me or I'm going to kill you. This is, you know, um, I'm, I have tasted what entrepreneurial life looks like outside of the corporation and, um, and the corporation feels like prison um, com compared to the, the ups and downs of entrepreneurial life. And, um, so, so I left um, and that was really interesting because when I left that time, I left going, feeling somewhat like a failure, if I'm really honest. Um, and because um, I, I, I jumped last time with a whole sense of vigour and excitement and gone out and done something, this time I was leaving going, what the, what the hell? Like what, what just happened? You know, it was... It was a real kind of dysfunction moment. Um, uh, and so I didn't leave with purpose. I left with frustration, um, and uh, which meant I didn't really know where I was going. Um, 
And so my wife and I, um, we, we, we said, all right, let's take kind of three to six months. We can do a few little gigs. You know, we had some old clients ring up going, oh, here you're leaving. Come back, come back and do some work. Um, I took a contract uh, or two um, and I just kind of slowed life right down for three, six, nine months. And interestingly, uh, um, that's been a bit of a trait of life. Um, when, when the hard times happen, you've got to step back and slow down. Um, and, um, and in that, we decided, no, let's, let's, let's reignite the consulting business. Let's do it in this way. Let's go on this path. Let's actually do it differently to last time. Um, and so we rebuilt the business model and the business plan and went out and did it. Um, it wasn't perfect. Um, and one of the big lessons we learned in doing that is the business you start is never the business you run um, because you always learn and adapt. And as you learn and adapt, you're tweaking the vision, the purpose, the market, the business model, how you're dealing with customers. And, and we found ourselves just saying that time and time again, going, hey, this business we're running, <laughs> it's not the business we started, um, but that's okay. Um, and, and, and so we did that. And look, that started a journey um, of, of never going back. It was kind of like that. You know the old story of, I think it was the Greeks or the Babylonians, they were going and launching an attack on another city. Oh, I love your puppy dog in the background. <laughs> um, and, you know, they would say to the army coming in on the boats, when we hit that beach, we are going to win and we know we're going to win because if we don't win, you're going to die because we're going to burn the boats. Mm. And they burned the boats on the beach. I think it was the Spartans. I can't remember. And it was like, you're going to win. And so that second time, it was actually about burning the boats. We looked at each other and we went, never again. We're not going back. We're not going to go back to corporate life. And I'll tell you something funny just before you ask that next question. Yeah. We were 18 months, almost the same amount of time into um, the business the second time, the consulting practice. And one of my best clients sat me down and they're like, we're doing this and we're going there and we want you to be a part of the team. Come join the executive team. But we don't want you to work as a supplier. We want you to join the team. And that would mean shutting down your business. And I didn't even need to go back and talk to my wife. And I knew what I was saying no to. Um, and, uh, and I just said, I looked at the, the CEO in the eyeballs and I said, mate, I, I love what you're doing. I hope we can still work together in the future. But I know that I'm not going to be a great employee for you. Um, but I'm going to be an amazing consultant and advisor. Um, so that's a flat out no. I've done this before and I know where that leads. Um, and I'm not that guy. Um, and it, and it just, it was really helpful to have that sense of identity and purpose and strength to go, no, no, you could, you could offer me a million bucks right, a million bucks right now and it's not going to happen um, because it's not me. And, um, and so with that, we'd burnt the boats and, um, and actually they went on to become one of my best clients and I still today work with some of those guys. Um, uh, and, and that's, an, that's another story, but yeah, so it was a really interesting journey getting in, into that life. Um, that was about a ten about ten years ago now. So the first time you jumped over to the consulting business, I'm, I'm guessing you guys had some money saved, correct? Yeah, but not a lot. Um, we, but we yeah we could we could we had twenty or thirty grand we could fall on, and um, we had a house, and you know we still had mortgages. There was still the, the ability, you know we still had to find the money each month and make it work. Now the second time you did it. Did you have the same amount of money saved or more money saved because you kind of knew what you're in store for? 
Um, yeah, we, second time, definitely a bit more. Um, sure. We bought ourselves, we bought ourselves about a six month window, um, you know, to, to to figure our stuff out. Um, and um, uh, but we still, by this time, by this stage, we just had our second child. <laughs> mm. um, uh, we just moved house. Uh, you know, we still had mortgages. Uh, the first child was just getting into school. You know, we were getting into that real crunch time of life going, you know, stand up and be responsible. You know, you, you've got to, it's not just about us. You know, there was, there was, you know, it's kids and school and future. And um, yeah, that, that, that brought a sense of urgency to, uh, to getting things done. Now you're building the business. You're starting to get success in that business. When did mm. the epiphany that the, the business that you're building it's not the business that's going to get to the next level. Yeah, yeah, that that happened around 2018 to 2019, and um, uh, that was a well, you know, that was a hell period. If I'm really honest, um, um, and w- what was quite ironic was that we built this consulting practice in strategy and identity and um, sales and marketing, and um, we'd actually lost our identity. We'd forgotten who we were, and over time, that just crept in over time, and um, and that's so easy to happen. What was ironic was that that's what we consulted in. <laughs> so you know, you'd go into an organisation talking about clarity of purpose and vision, and tweaking things and working on it, and then you'd go back into your own office and you'd be like, "Man, oh man, this sucks! Like, what's going on?" <laughs> you know, it's it was so, it was a, such a bizarre world to be in, and. Um, and your clients are doing amazing um, and you're like the plumber with the leaky tap going, hang on, why does my business suck? Um, making money, there's millions of dollars coming through the business, um, but it's not right. Um, and it really, really took a series of events to go, yeah, this, this, this configuration is not right. And we'd been building some products and, and that journey from about 2010 to about 2018-19 was, was massive in the, in the transformation of economies. Um, you know, digital just took over. Um, and, uh, and so doing what we did was very different in 2015, 16, 17. And we'd played around building some products. We'd developed a really interesting diagnostic tool. Um, we had a great methodology called the seven questions, which we'll talk about, which we started doing. And it was really, um, we hit that 2018, 19 and going, most of the work we're doing is not what we want to be doing. It's not why we started this business. It's not profitable. It's not enjoyable. It's causing headaches. Sometimes we're good. Sometimes we're not. Um, and we're like, what are we going to do? And it was it was actually in about 2018. It was really 2019. I rang a friend of mine, a friend of the families, and I said, you know what? I'm kind of done with this business, business A, the consulting business. I've got this idea for business B, this other business. Um uh, I've still got 10 or 15 staff. How do I get out of this one and get into that one? Um, and he came in and he talked with Lisa and I and he was very, very good. And um, and he said something which I absolutely hated because it's not what I wanted him to say. <laughs> and, and he said, when you talk about business A, the, the business you're running right now but you don't like, your whole face lights up and there's something in there. It's kind of like that's, that's, that's you. When you talk about business B, it's just about the numbers and you just didn't have to get in it and get out. And and he goes, I don't think you should do business B. He goes, you, you might have 
created some problems over here in business A, but there's something in there and you've got to go find it and fix it. I was like, damn you. Um, <laughs> I wanted an easy out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and again, we had those conversations, um, my wife and I, um, with this guy, good advisor. And so we both sat there going, all right, it's a bit of a shit show right now. I hope I can say that. Um, yeah, fine. Uh, and, uh, but let's kind of, let's sort it out. Um, uh, where's the gold? Where's the mud? Let's get rid of the mud. Let's find the gold. Let's figure out the new thing to do. And it was really through that that we started to piece together the, the, the gold in that business, which was around our diagnostic tool, the seven questions, the advisory, the, the frameworks. And we stepped back and went, are we going to do that or are we going to build that? And, um, and what we actually decided to do was to go, well, it's, hey, it's the 21st century. Um, we're going to go build that. Um, and we'd learned a lot of skills in digital development along the way. Um, we didn't really know how to pivot to go from that professional services business to a to a digital business, um, but we we and we started on that journey, and that was transformational. Um, and I think there was there was a couple of big lessons out of that, um, and and one of those lessons we'd learnt you know seven eight years earlier, and that was you got to burn the boats, um, and so we were looking at what we had the business, the brand name, what we were doing, and we were like, we've, we've got to burn it. If we've got to take the good bits out of it and we've got to build something else and we've got to go win over in this marketplace, which means we've got to burn that. You can't do both. It's impossible. The professional services business model is entirely different to a digital business model. The two just don't coexist together. Um, and if you try and make them coexist, you will kill both. And... Um, so we knew we've got to kill this one gently, take the gold out of it and rebuild it over here. And that was an interesting journey. How do you, uh, kill a business gently? <laughs> uh, dear. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, when, um, <laughs> I, if you're entrepreneurial, um, you know, businesses are like babies, like you love them, you've built them you've dreamt about the logos and the people and the, the systems and you've stayed up late at night building websites and learning stuff. And, um, and so the very first thing you've got to do, and I had to, it was somebody else that just sat me down and nailed me on this. And he goes, Stu, your identity is not found in your business. Mm. And until you get your identity out of your business and back into you, um, you're not going to be able to kill your business. And so you've got to be able to separate yourself. And that's really hard as entrepreneurs. Um, you've actually got to go, no, my, my identity is not in this business. This business is just a vehicle. It's a, it's a LLC or a limited or a, you know, it's an, it's an entity. It's just a bit of paper and it's stuff we do. Um, it's like a farmer on a farm. The farm <clears throat> doesn't de- define the farmer. The farmer defines the farm. Um, and which means sometimes you replant different crops. And, and that, was, that was the shift. And when I could do that, um, which took some effort, I'm not going to lie. There, there was seven, eight, nine, ten years of ego and pride and, you know, stuff in here built up through that business. You, that's who you were. You, you met people, hey, what do you do? Oh, I run this, you know, do this and that. And then you had to go, actually, I'm not doing that anymore. 
what are you doing? I'm not quite sure yet. I'll let, I'll, I'll tell you when I figure it out. <laughs> and <laughs> that's hard. I, I think, I mean, possibly not everyone can relate to exactly what you're talking about, but I think that they can relate to it in a sense. I mean, it's the same thing if you having a product and mm. your friend saying, hey, I don't need your product right now. And some people take that and go, well, they don't need me, but it's not you that they don't need, it's the product they don't need. So we're, we yeah. keep it, we have to separate it. So I think anyone listening right now, you've pro if you've owned your own business, you probably know that feeling, yet yeah. this is even a on a bigger scale because you're killing your product. So. I think that's, yeah, it's so true. And um, people want you to buy your product because it makes them feel good and, and, mm. and you just get a, so that, that, that was the big shift. Number one, um, you know, my identity is not found in my business. Okay. Yeah. Now I can kill my business um, because I'm not killing myself. And the reality was in a bad business model and in a bad structure, you're killing yourself anyway. So you've either got to separate that and choose to kill the bad business model and build a better, better business model or you'll kill yourself and and you'll bring people down with you um and and that's that's a path you don't want to go down and so i think um and so then the next thing was actually getting some good people around us going all right here's what we've got and and in fact one of our key staff members came on the journey with us um he's now a founder and investor in the new business which is fantastic um and uh you know we we got some good people around us. Um, we we stepped back, kind of like what we did seven, eight, nine years earlier, and we we bought ourselves some time. And it just so happened that as we were making these decisions, um, three months later, this thing called COVID turned up, and hmm. um, and you know that that brought complexity. Um, and we wondered, gosh, what are we really doing? Um, but we had started our consulting business on the back of the GFC. And so we had, we had left high paying corporate jobs and people were like, you're insane. Um, in, in the middle of the GFC. Um, and, uh, and we knew that bad times don't last forever, but actually bad times, they, they're good times to slow down. Um, they're, they're good times to actually step back. And, you know, I could tell you so, so many stories about businesses that have been started in recessions or depressions or um, out of wars or, um, or, or difficult times. And so we always knew that. And, and so as COVID was hitting, we were like, actually, this is a moment. This is, a, this, this is going to be difficult. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, in, in, in Australia, we had pretty significant lockdowns and um, uh, people couldn't go to work. It just it was um, we're only just coming out of that now. But the opportunity for us was actually to slow down after 10 years of insane business growth um, to stop and to rebuild. And, um, and together, the three or four of us, we stopped, we rebuilt. We did some work through that. We still had some clients and, and we were doing a bit of consulting. Um, and as we were doing that, we were rebuilding. Um, and that was the, that was the, that took 18 months. Now, if you're talking rebuilding, growing, expanding, if we're talking, let's say in five years from now, where is Stuart going to be? Where's your company going to be? Great. Um, our vision simply is to become the single source of truth, the preferred platform for strategic planning. And um, so we've built a strategy cloud, um, 
a product that other coaches and consultants can use that can rapidly diagnose an organization, surface the growth opportunities, translate that into a strategic program, and line that out using goals across a team. And, um, and we've digitized the frameworks and the formulas that we used that saw organizations grow on scale for 10 years. And, um, and so the very first diagnostic we ever wrote was back in 2012 or 13. And, um, and today, it still has that underlying genesis from what we were doing back then. It's just faster, smarter, better, using better algorithms in the cloud, um, working so much better. And so, you know, our vision is that um, there are thousands of organisations and their advisors um, using Waymaker to bring clarity, alignment and high performance into their teams through the software and through the advisory from their, their coaches and consultants who are partners to our software platform uh, in order to do that. Is there any advice you would give? Because you, I mean, dealing, having this platform right here, you probably deal with a lot of consultants, a lot of coaches out there. Mm -hmm. Someone's listening right now and they're looking to grow their business or even get into the business. Is there any advice or things that you maybe see that maybe consultants don't do correctly, I guess? Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we really deal with kind of three types of consultants um, or coaches or advisors, whatever term you want to use. <clears throat> the first type is, hey, I was that guy, just like you, Stu. I was that guy that was in a corporate life, thought I'm going to go out and now become a coach or a consultant. But I'm a couple of years in, two or three years in, and my little black book of contacts is starting to run out. Um, my credibility from, because I've kind of sold off my old corporate life is is waning because that's now three or four years ago. <clears throat> and I'm kind of struggling. Um, I'm not really making the money uh, that I should be making. And I'm spending a lot of time trying to service clients. So I'm taking on anybody. And that type of coach or consultant hasn't narrowed in on their core niche, on, their, on the problem they solve, and they haven't built the skills and the systems around them to reduce time and increase value. And, um, and that kind of coach or consultant, we help. We shift them from earning you know, less than 100K a year to earning six-figure incomes um, by adopting clarity, alignment, and a focus on how to go out and get their customer and do it. Um, the other type of coach or consultant is the one that um, actually went into coaching and consulting or advisory, um, but they've realised it's not really a business. And um, what I mean by that, you can build a business or you can build a practice. And, and a practice is when you're earning um, high levels of cash, but it's not, you can't sell it to somebody. You can't, you can't, it's not an asset. Um, it's a cash flow engine. And you've got two choices then. One choice is to go, cool, I'm just going to be a cash flow engine and I'm going to take the cash that I generate and I'm going to put it into assets, property, businesses, stocks, bonds, whatever you like. Um, most people fail to do that. They just spend the cash. Or they go, actually, I'm kind of that entrepreneurial person, but I've realised I haven't built a business. I've built a practice. I've just got high cash coming in, but it still relies on me. I can't get out of it. And that person, we help go from earning six figures to building a million-dollar business because our software allows them with confidence to put teams in place that can go out and diagnose, plan, and deliver with consistency, with quality, and with system and scale. And that's what you need. And, and so those two types of coaches 
are the types of coaches we deal with mostly and they're the ones that we help and they're the ones that our software helps. I hope that kind of answered your question. No, no, definitely. I think it does. I mean, I think there's, um, I mean, probably a lot of people out there that that have the nuggets that have gone down the path that can give advice, yet having that structure, that system in place is something that they, I think, sometimes lack in how to provide mm-hmm. that information to those those individuals. So, yeah, yeah. No, it, it totally makes sense. Yep, yep. So I think from a, and there, there are things that, you know, I remember learning along the way that, you know, if, you, if you're going to run a professional service business, if you're going to be a coach, then um, A, you want to earn well, um, but B, you actually, you want to buy time back. You, you want to be able to go and have breakfast with your wife or go and see the kids play football or um, take the long weekend or have a holiday with the family. And the reason you leave corporate life is because corporate life kind of takes over and, and, and owns you. Um, what you don't want to do is end up in a situation where your own business owns you and you're not making good money. That's kind of like I've left you know, a situation where one bad thing's happening and now I've just gone and made everything bad. Um, and, and that's what happens so often. And so kind of my, my heart and vision is, is for those guys because I was that guy. And it took people around me to go, hey, that's a dumb decision. Um, you should never be the smartest person in the room. Get smarter people in the room. Let them do what they do. Just create the vehicle for them to do it in. Um, uh, and now, now you've got a business. And and so I think, um, you know, learning those things along the way um, have helped us be better people and be better business people. Um, we're absolutely not perfect, but, um, you know, when you step back and you think about my job is to solve a problem and create value for somebody. Um, when you can do that for your team members and your employees, then you can actually run a business. And so I have this um, vision that Waymaker can do that for other coaches and consultants. It can it can bring back their time whilst they can still earn. If someone's listening right now and they want to hear more about Waymaker or hear more about your your journey, uh, what's the best platform for them to to reach out or getting more information? Oh, perfect. Jump onto um, waymaker.io, um, search for our podcast. Our podcast is called Leadership Talk. Um, talk as in T-O-R-Q-U-E, how do you, how do you bring power and energy um, into your leadership? Um, jump onto Leadership Talk, subscribe to that. Um, jump onto waymaker.io, have a look at the platform. There's a 30-day free trial. Go to town, diagnose your own business, put yourself through it. I guarantee you, you will find in 15 to 20 minutes um, insights that will take a management consultant tens of thousands of dollars and four to five weeks to find. And um, and if you follow the framework in the platform and do um, the business improvement that's required, you will find a way to make your vision a reality. That's why we do Waymaker. Well, I appreciate you, uh, Stuart, for, for being here. I mean, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of nuggets, I think, for anyone to take away. I think one of the big ones, I think you ended with that that huge nugget right there, is you have to have the people surrounding you that are going to give you the honest truth. They're going to say, hey, it, it, what are you doing is shit. You need to reassess this and think it over. So if you don't, if you're listening right now, you don't have that person around you that's willing to call you out on your BS yeah you need to go out and go find that person as soon as possible thank you for being here everyone please subscribe please share and go uh go find stewart bye guys hey Vinny, pleasure thank you so much for having me on the show um may business do well um and uh huge huge shout out to you and the work you're doing awesome
Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.